Hello, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. as in fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, November 9th. 2021, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today, we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 7, Working with Others, at the very bottom of page 97. We will be reading and commenting on just the one paragraph only that begins with the last line on page 97 for the type of alcoholic and ends at the top of page 98 with, We Think It Is Not. Today's readers are Mary Agnes Y., Reggie O., Phil M., Sandy C., and Lauren N. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, November 8, 2021, are 18,046 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, that's 18046 and 18047 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 18047. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Mary Agnes Y. to read the OA 12 Steps. Good morning. Mary Agnes Y. from Michigan. The 12 Steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, 
continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you, Mary Agnes Y. I will now ask Reggie O. to read the OA 12 tradition. Hi, thank you, Rebecca. Good morning, everybody. My name is Reggie O. I'm gratefully recovered in the burn in Bernie, Texas today, and these are the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop overeating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I'll pass. Thanks, Reggio. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If somebody is unmuted. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. 
Today we resume our study of the big book and we will be reading and commenting on just the one paragraph only that begins with the last line on page 97 for the type of alcoholic through we think it is not at the top of 98. I will now ask Bill M. to go ahead and read that for us. Hello, Rebecca. Can you hear me? Yes. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you for your service. Uh, My name is Phil M. I'm a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater from Carrick Fergus in Ireland. Um, For the type of alcoholic who is able and willing to get well, little charity in the ordinary sense of the word is needed or wanted. The men who cry for money and shelter before conquering alcohol are on the wrong track. Yet we do go to great extremes to provide each other with these very things when such action is warranted. This may seem inconsistent, but we think it is not. So um, in my experience of OA, uh, the little charity that they're talking about, I believe, refers to to money um, and then accommodation. But that really hasn't been uh, an issue, as I say, in my experience. But if we take charity as meaning love and patience, I definitely needed a lot of that. Um, when most of us come to OA, you know, acknowledging our powerlessness, we're kind of battered and bruised by the addiction um, with low self-esteem and, in my case, suppressed rage, I guess. Um, but my sponsor, who um, I've been really blessed with now for a couple of years, has shown me so much love and so much patience in many, many ways. Um, and just like to set out a few of them. So uh, at the beginning, she set out clearly what was expected. That's what I needed. She, when I was doing the work, she uh, kept encouraging me and cheering me on. Um, when I would ask, have a query, she didn't uh, respond by text. She made it a habit to phone me um, because she understood that text can be misread. Uh, probably especially with, with, you know, the sponsor-sponsee relationship. Um, When I had my first slip, she went through it very, very thoroughly, very painstaking. It was painful for me, but it was time, you know, it took time for her and patience to help me get to where the next time I was, you know, tempted to, to slip. I could see it sooner. I could see it coming, and I knew what I needed to do. So that bore fruit, certainly in my program. Um, and now we, we meet up monthly and I'm not always very good at being on the ball of organising it um, on time. She's patient with that. And if I'm a minute or so late, um, even more, do you know, uh, seldom happens that it's more than that. But she, she's very kind with that too. Uh, she's recently taken me through the steps the second time. Um, and her wisdom is just, is just awesome. I, I really appreciate her time. Um, and she helps me when I my sponsees have challenges that I don't know have answers to. And uh, as I say again, her wisdom and that has been a huge boon. This really is an amazing program. I've received so much love, so much patience, and then I've been able to offer it to people, no matter how you know imperfectly. And all my sponsees haven't made it through with me by any means or anything like that. Um, but hopefully, at least in most cases, we've been able to detach with, with love and understanding, keeping the door open. 
um, you know, if they, they if they want to try it this particular way again, I carry the message just not to um, the sponsee and just doing we're all just doing our best. Um, there's a lovely Irish saying, and I can't remember the Irish version of it, but it goes something like it's in the shelter of one another that we survive. And I'm surviving the shelter of my sponsor, with my sponsees, with you, and um, surviving and thriving. And for this, I'm incredibly grateful, trudging this path of happy destiny with you all. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Phil M. Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. So if you haven't shared on a vision for you on Friday or Monday and would like to share on the paragraph that begins with the last line on page 97 for the type of alcoholic through we think it is not at the top of 98, please press star 1 to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Janet B. Janet B. Jackie B. Jackie B. Teresa P. Teresa P. Devorah S. Devorah S. Tanya D. Tanya D. Okay, not hearing any more names. We have Janet B, Jackie B, Teresa P, Devorah S, and Tanya D. And I love how it was metered out so evenly and I was able to get everyone's names. Go right ahead, Janet B. Good morning. This is Janet B, recovered from compulsive eating and bulimia in New Jersey. So the first line there says, for the type of alcoholic, or for us compulsive eater, who is able and willing to get well. So I'm thinking, what does it mean to be willing to get well? I spent my first close to seven years in OA being willing to get well and never getting more than two weeks of abstinence. A lot of times I couldn't even make it to lunch. And I was willing um, I had a bunch of different sponsors. I did whatever they told me, and I didn't get one bit better. And people said to me, you must not be willing, you know, or words like that. But that wasn't true. And on page 24 of our book, it tells us that at a certain point in the drinking of every alcoholic, he passes into a state where the most powerful desire to stop drinking is of absolutely no avail. So it tells me that I'm going to cross a line, and I did cross a line, where my most powerful desire, where my willingness to stop binging was of absolutely no avail. So what does this mean? It means that, well, of course, my desire, my willingness wasn't enough. Every person who has cancer is willing that their cancer cells stop multiply. That doesn't make them stop multiplying. So they must mean something else by willingness, right? And so I think um, I'm drawn to like page 58, where it tells the requirements to work the steps. And it says, if you've decided you want what we have 
and are willing to go to any lengths to get it, then you're ready to take certain steps. So willingness doesn't mean just being willing to put the food down. I mean, of course, I'm willing or I wouldn't be here in these rooms. It means willing to do the work. Because remember, only God can rescue me. This program, the solution in this program is a miracle. So I think of it this way. If there's a flood raging outside my house and there's a helicopter that's going to rescue me because I need to be rescued from this illness, my job is to climb up to the roof so that I can be rescued. I need to be willing to climb up to the roof so that that helicopter can rescue me. But never let me be so arrogant as to think that I rescued myself. I was willing to do the work of the 12 steps, but, you know, make no mistake about it. It was God who rescued me. All I have to do is be willing to do this work, to believe in God, to commit my life to him, to live my life the way I think he wants, to clean up the wreckage of my past, to continue on by cleaning up the wreckage of the day, and by helping others climb to the roof so that they can be rescued. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Janet B. Jackie B. Hi, this is Jackie B. from the Bronx. Can I be heard? Yes, good morning, Jackie. Good morning. Um, What I got from this passage was, um, first, you know, when people come into the rooms, um, it's very easy. I know I've been in the room since 1992, but... I noticed that in the beginning that, you know, I have to really be careful when sponsoring somebody that I'm not trying to save somebody. In the beginning, I think that's what it was, and that's why in most cases I became codependent and then becoming a sponsor. Later on in years, uh, I've learned to detach, but it's only in the past five years I've come to realize that what it says in the big book is absolutely spot on, and that is that we can only share our experience, strength, and hope. And how we do that is we tell people how we did the steps. We take them through the steps and tell them this is what I had to do. Um, and the desperation is not always because I've hit the bottom. It's because I've realized that for me, that what others have said in the room have been ultimately what I've experienced. You know, when I hear other people share, well, I did this and this is what happened to me, I say, oh, my God, they were right. And when I realized that, that's when I had my spiritual awakening. And then I realized that, you know what, if I stay in the rooms long enough, I learn. I'm teachable. And that's what I I try to expressed to my sponsees. I ha- if I know that I'm a compulsive overeater in my bones, then then I have to practice it that way. And if I do, then other will know. Um, you know, perfect example. I thought I had to, you know, hold the whole world up. And yesterday when my daughter had to have surgery, I reached out to others. And others reached back to me. That means that Jackie's not holding the whole world. Jackie's asking the whole world to help Jackie get through this. And I did, and she was fine. 
And that's what I've learned. If I'm reaching out to others, my higher power will show me that, yes, you can recover through any tragedy, any enlightenment, anything. There's nothing in this world I can't get through with my higher power and this program. I just have to be willing, honest, and open. And that's the miracle of this program. And I work this step every day. I may not do it perfectly, but I touch base every single day with the steps. If I don't, I can't give it away. So I have to let other people know that you're not alone, that wherever you are, you reach out, you touch another human brain. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie B. Teresa P. Hi, this is Teresa, a grateful recovered compulsive overeater from California. And uh, this is uh, another wonderful paragraph. And, and, you know, I'm I'm one of those people that want to just run out there and save people. You know, I I, I know when I got into OA, I felt this, uh, well, I felt terrible until I realized that, you know, there it took me it took me being miserable for years and years to know <clears throat> to get to OA because I didn't know it was there. But when I heard and got there, I was so happy that I learned there was a way out. And and so I grasped the program in the best way that I could with all the willingness that I had. And I received the gift of recovery, and it was glory. And it was and is still glorious. And so I wanted to share with everybody. And there was all these people that. <clears throat> that I saw were hurting and I, I wanted to help them. And, and then I would uh, share, you know, what I have and, you know, they, they didn't call. <laughs> and I just got to, uh, my, I got to learn to be willing to, you know, just share what I have appropriately and then let, you know, and see what, who God provides for me. And, you know, they will call or not call. And when they do, all I can do is offer what I have. And what I have is, you know, the hand, what I call the handbook to life, the big book. Finally got it. And so, you know, I can always just go back and look and see what it says. And that helps me so much because, you know, I don't know what to do. But it's there in writing. It's like, yay, great. It's there in writing. And so, yeah, but what does it look like? Because I was, you know, I see the words, you know, I hear the words, and I, I read the words, and I try to do the words. But what does it really mean? Well, you know, this all goes back to, you know, just one day at a time, and I just keep, you know, keep trying, you know, keep doing my part. My part is to suit up and show up and, uh, you know, pick up the phone when they call or and then, you know, put my name out for uh, as a sponsor, you know, and see who God provides and, you know, and how he wants whatever it is going to happen. And, and so I've had, uh, you know, I've had, I get to have experience and I've had a, I've had a number of sponsees that I've sponsored for a while. You know, well, actually a long time. And, you know, they keep, you know, uh, trying to recover and, and don't, and then they just drift away. And I, I still pray for those people. And, uh, and I have uh, uh, sponsors that have, I mean, a sponsees that have, you know, fired me because, or, you know, let me go, what fired me? Yeah, they fired me. And, you know, and that's okay too. And, you know, people need to, to do what it is they need to do. All I can do is tell them what, 
what I what I sh- share with them what I have and, and go back to the big book. And I and I do ask them to say, you know, and if I'm doing it wrong and you say that I'm doing it, thank you. Please point it out to me because you know I make mistakes too. And you know, and it just that's all I can do is put it in God's hands and do my part. And you know, they're either willing to do the work or they're not. So thank you for letting me share and I am. Thank you, Teresa P. Devorah S. Devorah, before you share, let me just tell people who. Hey, good I'm morning. Thinking. Hi, good Devorah. morning, everyone. I'm here. Can you hear me? I know. I can hear you, but do you mind one sec? I just want to tell the people who got on late what we're sharing on, okay? Sure. It's it's the paragraph that begins with the last line on page 97 for the type of alcoholic through we think it is not at the top of 98. Thanks, Devorah. Go right ahead. And thank you, Rebecca, for your service and everyone on this line that makes this meeting possible. My name is Devorah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And... You know, this this paragraph relates to me in so many, I, I relate to in so many different ways. You know, you know, become the, for the type of alcoholic overeater who is able and willing to get well, little charity in the ordinary sense of the word is needed or wanted. So, you know, if I had that willingness, if I had that desire to get well, then nothing, I don't need, anything is not needed. I could, I'm so wanting to do it. I'm so desperate right, that gift of desperation that people talk about, that's what I heard about years ago, like, if, you know, pray for that gift of desperation, nothing could stand in your way if you're so desperate that you want to do this thing, and I, you know, and that was what I was told, you know, in program, you know, pray for that willingness and pray for the gift of desperation, but the truth of the matter is, the thing that really I need to do, and I want to give over to my sponsees, is that action, the actions that we do every single day you know, in this program gets me through this program. And it doesn't have to be, you know, we start off little, you know. It, you know, the, all we need is that little hole, that little hole, that little opening in a needle. You know, you try to thread the needle into that little hole, and it's hard, right? But you keep at it, you keep at it, and all of a sudden it opens up, and anything can walk through that hole, right? And that's what I'm saying here, like, you know, all we need to do is every day show up and try to and work this program and, and, you know, all of a sudden it opens up wide and like, wow, it's, it, you know, an elephant could do that hole, really, because, you know, God is providing us that, that opportunity to, to work this program. And, you know, honestly, in my old days, you know, of dieting and I, you know, I had to find the perfect, the perfect diet or the perfect, and, you know, it could be in this program, we're looking for that perfect notebook to write our fourth step or whatever it is, you know, the man, the man who cry out for money and shelter before conquering alcohol are on the wrong track. I mean, that was me. I was walking, I had to be ready. I had to be ready, you know, to, in order to, you know, if I was going to try something. But here it's like we just have to just do it. Just do it. The Nike commercial says just do it. And then all of a sudden, you know, God is providing for us opportunities and ways that we thought we'd never be able to do. I mean, look at all of us here this today. You know, here we are on this line, hundreds of people. Did we ever think this is something that I wanted to do? Is this is I didn't want to. That was not my aspiration in life to get on this meeting every morning at seven o'clock in the morning. But here I am. I'm here every day, looking at the clock, making sure I'm not late, showing up, being here because God is, has given me this 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 opportunity, this life that I want to be part of and I want to share it and I want to give it away. And, um, and you know, 
and that's it. I just I'm so grateful for this time um, and and opportunity that we have each day to be able to give away this program to people who are who are suffering. And there is a solution here. And I I ask all of you like look for that little opening, and you too can have the relief. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Deborah S. Tanya D. Hi, this is Tanya D. Compulsive, uh, recovered compulsive overeater in uh, Illinois. Um, yeah, this paragraph is uh, really great. The one thing that um, it speaks to to me is that you know I have to put my spiritual development first before anything else. Um, Right. If I say, oh, you know, to get over my compulsive overeating, I need this or that in my life, or I need this to be gone, you know, after my vacation, uh, after this event passes, like not on holidays or whatever it is, um, you know, if a homeless alcoholic with no money can recover, I certainly can recover under um, any circumstances. Right now, of course, it's not to say that um, some circumstances aren't objectively harder than others, but um, you know, this program works under all conditions if we're willing um, and able. Um, and then the last part of this uh, paragraph also says, you know, we go to great extremes to provide each other with these very things. Um, you know, that, to me, that's also to say that we don't necessarily aren't saying, okay, don't do anything about the problems in your life before uh, you know, you get over your compulsive eating, right? Um, it's really what do we prioritize? What do I think is the most important? And for me, um, you know, working this program and my spiritual condition uh, and abstinence, of course, um, are come first. You know, they come before anything else material because partly because I know that if I put anything else first, um, I'm, I'm just not going to be able to um, sustain it. Um, and then, you know, this also reminds me of my early time in, in program. Um, I'm my first meeting, um, somebody asked me if I was bulimic, which I'm not, and then started talking to me about a specific food plan. And that was my, my first impression. And, uh, you know, it, it, and that's not what I wanted. And I felt awkward that, you know, maybe I wasn't right, didn't look right for to be a regular compulsive overeater. Um, but, you know, I, I came back and my first sponsor wouldn't um, answer my phone calls sometimes because she had her own issues. She was also fairly new in program. Um, and I kept calling her and I kept coming to meetings. And, you know, and this, again, that's not to say that, um, you know, uh, it doesn't matter what kind of sponsor we have. Or it doesn't matter what kind of meetings we go to. You know, eventually I found um, strong meetings and uh, I found a, a, a great sponsor. Um, I don't think I could have recovered without those things. But, um, but you know, for somebody who's able and willing, like, we can't screw them up. You know, that's what, um, I, that's what my first uh, long-term sponsor told me. That's what I tell uh, people when they start sponsoring, if they're worried um, about saying the right thing, you know, like if, if their recovery is in place uh, and if the person they're working with is able and willing, um, you know, I, I don't think I can screw anybody up, you know, any more than they already are um, coming in. Um, now I do, you know, of course, talk to other people when I sponsor and, and, you know, kind of run things by people. It's not to say again that I just throw up my hands and, and do whatever. Um, but it's really, um, thanks. Um, so anyway, I will uh, just stop there. Thanks for letting me share. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Tanya D. 
If you haven't shared on a vision for you on Friday or Monday and would like to share on the paragraph that begins with the last line on page 97 in the big book for the type of alcoholic through we think it is not at the top of 98, please press star 1 to unmute and state your first name and last initial. I in Fort Worth, Texas. Sarah R. Wait, wait, wait one second. Who's from Fort Worth? Who was from Fort Worth, Texas? Sarah R. Irene B. I was near. Hi, this is Rebecca T. from Fort Worth. Okay, wait a second. I'm getting all mixed up. Who's from Fort Worth? Seneca T. Seneca T. Thanks for bearing with me. Then Sarah R. was after Seneca. And then I think it was Irene B. And was there someone else who spoke up so far that I didn't hear besides Seneca, Sarah, and Irene? Okay. Anyone else want to add their name to the list? Andrea J. from Nancy Virginia. T. Andrea J. and Nancy P. Amy G. Amy G. Manju O. Oh, could you repeat your name? It's Manju, M-A-N-J-U, last name, last initial O. Gotcha. Okay, great. You know, I forgot to see how many slots we have. Let's go with the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of you and hope you can all get in. Seneca T, Sarah R, Irene D, Andrea J, Nancy P, Amy G, and Manju O. Seneca T, go right ahead. Hey, this is Seneca T in Fort Worth, Texas. I spell my name S-E-N-E-C-A. That's how you can find me in the directory. Um, but I lovingly go by Harriet. Um, Harriet is a icon of mine. Um, it calls me higher. Uh, she was a um, conductor in the Underground Railroad that once said, if you... If more slave, I could have freed more slaves if they only knew that they were slaves, and that is me to the food. When I was in the food, um, I was a I was a slave to it. And the reality today is that I'm only I'm only recovered by God's grace, mercy, and goodness. And that is recovery for today. Doesn't even mean anything about what happened yesterday. Even though I I am so grateful that uh. I've been able to abstain uh, from just being an addict since March 2nd of 2019. But the reality is, is that all I need in this paragraph today is a sincere, raw desire to stop eating compulsively. Just a raw desire in my heart to stay, just stay away from it. And God can do the rest. There is just just this glimmer of hope. This flimsy read of a program can help me for today not eat compulsively. And I, that's all I need when I'm working with someone else. That's all they need. I need it, and they need it too. So I don't have to dress it up, make it look good. You know, I don't have to do any of that. Because the reality is, is that ultimately, who should be sponsoring me in this program is God. Because 
I can't magically whisk myself in front of somebody's refrigerator, lay down in front of the drive-thru before they go, stop them from calling DoorDash. I mean, I can't do that. It has to be a raw desire in my heart to stop compulsive overeating, a raw desire in their heart to stop compulsive overeating, and just a glimmer, a mustard seed of hope that taking step one and admitting that I am powerless over it for today and that there is a power greater than myself that can restore me to sanity. I can stop killing myself. I can stop killing myself. I can stop killing others with my nasty attitude. I can stop killing myself with, with terrible toxic thoughts that I can do that because of a power greater than me. It is an absolute blessing to be here with every single one of you to share my story. And the reason I am saying today is because I said, now together, we get better. I can't take this thing and it's a magic wand. I can't, it's not a pill. It's not a potion. It's a raw desire to stay, to stay abstinent for today. And that's all I can share. Thank you so much for letting me share. Y'all go be the light. Uh, this is Seneca T, as known as Harriet. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you, Seneca T. Sarah R. Hey, everyone. Um, this is Sarah R. from New York. I just wanted to say this is a great, great meeting. So many things that were said I can identify in so much with, you know, one, something that was brought up was the concept of just being willing. And, you know, I stepped into these rooms July 5th or July 9th, 2020. And it's funny because I wanted it so badly, right? People are using the terms, if one's desperate enough, I was desperate. And, you know, Kind of, if everyone, anyone saw, like, in a hospital, the heart monitor machine going up and down, and I couldn't understand why, because I, I, I wanted it. But the, the, in addition to wanting it and in addition to being um, desperate, you know, it has to be co-sponsored in part by the higher power. And, you know, whenever on, on, on the higher power's time, no matter how hard I tried, and, you know, something else that was brought up was about it being perfect. You know, when I was coming out of, you know, different binges and different relapses, in my head I said, okay, this time it's going to definitely work. But because it was going to work so perfectly, I, I would always have to wait till the perfect day, which was typically the following Monday, which turned into the following Saturday, and then the following Monday, and then after the next set of holidays, even if it was six months away, and, you know, the, the, the blessing of how, um, you know, I'm recovered today at 7.39 a.m. is because, you know, my higher power sent my sponsor. And, you know, if we're even talking about perfection, you know, I, I, I've had a Rolodex of sponsors and, you know, I was, like I mentioned, always I wanted to, but I didn't know how to be a sponsee. And then, you know, there was the quest to find that, that perfect, perfect sponsor. And just my higher power just sent it one day. And, you know, it's not perfect. And it's, it's, it's perfectly unperfect. And, you know, for an addict like me, that's really weird. Because 
things are either great or not great and there's nothing in between and you know that's that's the beauty because life isn't necessarily perfect but it just it happens right um monday tuesday wednesday it's just it's not static right it's constantly flowing and you know, so so is my recovery, but you know, staying with this imperfect, this this perfectly imperfectness, and you know, um, just working with my higher power, and you know, speaking to different people in the program. Not all conversations go the way I want it to go. You know, a lot of times I call people and they say, "How can I help you?" I don't know, you know, but I'm just I'm doing what I need to do, and and you know, but but just the way I show up in the program is a reflection a little bit like minute by minute of how I show up in life. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be here and, um, I think you will without a pass. Thank you, Sarah R. Irene B. Irene B. Oh, you I called me. Okay, I was waiting you. to be called. Thank you so much. Can um, I'm Irene B. Gratefully recovered in Louisiana. Gratefully recovered, bulimic, and so grateful for that. Really grateful. Um, you know these things about helping others and the degree to which we go to help others is um, astonishing, overwhelming, and. Um, for me, for for a gal like me, um, unattainable. I can't do this, and yet, uh, oh my God, God is so good to me. <laughs> but I've done this. Um, my nephew was basically at death's door. Everyone had given up on him. He literally died and was resuscitated from an opiate overdose and um, I picked him up from the street he was sleeping in his car and it's like I can't live with myself knowing that my own blood my flesh and blood is in this condition and I was afraid of addicts because they'll rob you and steal and I was really afraid. And for my well-being, my gentle giant is 6'4 and over 300 pounds. But he's a gentle giant. But an addict is a scary thing, especially over 300 pounds and 6'4. And I took him into my home. And I had to make a very long story short. I had to take him to him from work. So to it that he got a job, went to him from work, took his finances, bought his food, took him to him from meetings because he could not be trusted with his money or his car. Because one time he came home and he had used, okay, if you're going to stay here, this is how it's going to be. He hated me for eight months, he says. He hated me with a passion. And I prayed with him when we took him to work and he was willing that I pray over him. Oh, my God, he was willing that I pray over him. And by the grace of God, that young man is recovered from his opiate addiction, and he lives. Is he recovered from everything else? I don't think so. But that's not my job. He's turned to food even more. 
and it's not my job to to run his inventory. Although he wants to run mine, it's hilarious. But uh, you know, because he's very quick to spot the areas where I could stand some improvement. <laughs> and it's like you know, you notice a speck in your neighbor's eye. How about the log coming out of your own? But that's not my job. Right. And I'm just gonna say that I thank God for this book that teaches us how to love and how to give to others when no one else will so that we can be God. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Irene B. Andrea Andrea J. Good morning, family. This is Andrea Jurisic from uh, from Virginia. Anyway, this is such a big, big uh, paragraph. It's got so much good stuff in it, and and I loved what we were talking about. You know, the willingness, the willingness. You know, uh, uh, what is willingness? I have to be ready. I got to be prepared. And how do you do that? You know, it's not just thinking about it, or it's not just wanting it it's really needing it needing to uh to to you know to to clean house uh trust god work with others you know and, and to really really clean house is the the key ingredients in my recipe to stay sober clean and abstinence is to really clean house and to Look at your behavior, Andrea. You know, you might be wanting that person to uh, change their behavior, but it's your behavior that you're wanting someone to do something that's not able or willing to do it. And I was pushing it and pushing it. And and finally, this person said, Andrea, I can't be your friend anymore. And that just blew me out of the water because we went through a lot of hell together. And so... You know, I cried about it. I meditated on it. I I did deep breathing. I ex- exercised. I talked to a my spiritual guide, and uh, and then I finally got on my knees and I did a then I did a uh, a thorough house cleaning on it. You know, a, a thorough fourth step, and uh, and it was so relieving. You know, I I had to walk to her and uh, talk to her and and make amends make amends for me uh, trying to change her, you know, and not even use the excuse, well, you know, I work in the medical field and I'm very codependent and, and I don't want to see you have a stroke or a heart attack and be a burden on yourself and others. And that's very selfish and self-centered on my part. You know, it's like, uh, you know, on my driver's license and all my uh, documents that that identifies Andrea, there's no word like G-O-D on the, any of those documents, you know, and uh, and everyone has their higher power. And, uh, and joy spells for me, Jesus, others, and yourself. And I always got to be connected to all three of those. You know, I got to be, I got to have a, I got to have a uh, army around me, a, a troop around me. And, and I'm in my troop right now. And I like the word conquer. Conquering alcohol, conquering food, conquering my overthinking. What does conquering mean? It means overcoming, to defeat something. You know, conquer. You know, and I just love you folks. And uh, 
and and I'll keep my mouth shut, not only with my words, but what I put into my mouth. Love you all. Bye-bye. Thanks, Andrea J. Nancy P. Hi, good morning. Nancy P. Recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so um, when abstinence was the goal, I never got anywhere. I thought only if I could just put the food down, everything would be okay. But I now know that that is the least of the things that um, the rewards that I've been given. You know, I, I, I felt like I had the mother of all reasons to be eating. I mean, you know, I thought my pain was so um, monumental that nobody's pain could be as bad as mine. But then I realized that all pain is created equal because I've binged my brains out because I dinged my manicure, even though I'm going to get another one the next week. And I couldn't stop eating when my girl was hacking herself up. And I had to watch that. And, um, you know, I didn't know if I was if I was going to be able to get better. I just wanted to feel better. Um, I had no idea that if I put the food down, um, that was the, the entry fee to get to all the other stuff that I've gotten, which is so much better than just not eating. And, you know, I lucked out in my sponsor. She was, um, she was about as cuddly as a brick wall. And she, I don't think in all the time we worked together, she ever asked me, you know, how my daughter was doing. And which was not that I wanted anyone to, but I, you know, that's in hindsight. I'm like, well, she never really, never really asked. And, um, and that kept me focused on, um, on the work. And now when I sponsor, and I, my sponsoring has changed from when I first recovered to, to today. And if anybody starts to get too much into, um, you know, their woes, you know, I, I bring them back to the point at hand, the work at hand. Because, you know, I have since found out that my pain, as great as it was, was just the same as everybody else. People have gone through breast cancer. They've lost, God forbid, they've lost their children. They've lost their homes. Their husbands or wives have left them. You know, they don't have a car that they need for a job or something, you know, big big and, big and small troubles. And, um, you know, I didn't know that I could get better. I didn't know that I could. The only thing that I knew was this is my new thing that I've been telling everybody. The answer to the question is, when are we going to get to England? Shut up and keep swimming. And I just kept going. And, um, you know, I had an awakening. And with my awakening, I gained experience. And with my experience, I passed the message. And, and in passing the message, I practiced the principles. And um, because I do those three things, I can do the previous 11 steps on a daily basis. And, um, you know, I've, I'm home. And um, oh, me. And, um and I'm grateful, so thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy P. Amy G., if by any chance you could pare it down a little bit, there would be a little more time for Manju O. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I was unmuting. What did you say? I said if by any chance you can pare it down a little. We have uh, four minutes left in you and one other person. <laughs> oh, Okay. Okay, sure. Thanks. Sure. Hi, all. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered um, compulsive overeater from Maryland. Um, 
just time me at two minutes. That's fine because I can't tell when I'm yakking away. <laughs> um, great meeting, everyone. Thank you so much for such a wonderful meeting. Um, you know, I, I, sometimes I think it's it's hard for me as a sponsor when someone says they're willing and able. Um, you know, I'm going to lay out the program as I sponsor and the instructions of these 12 steps, but uh, it's not my job to understand or know or ha be their higher power like so many others have said. I mean, my own experience, I spent almost five years of hell and torture saying that I was, I was willing to admit powerlessness myself, but, you know, I was willing, but I wasn't able because I didn't want to do the instructions that were laid out in front of me. And I love how we practice in this program, love and tolerance, but we don't water down the program. And that's really what I wanted to talk about. You know, I went through many, many sponsors, and it, what was important was that the instructions stayed the same. Everything stayed the same. This is what the program means. We need to get abstinent, and then we need to get down to the business of working these 12 steps. And finally, when I was willing and able, I didn't need charity, like they said. I didn't need to woe and moan. I needed to take action. And I needed someone to give me clear and concise instructions. You know, I had my sponsor say to me, you know, love you, hate your disease. This is what we're going to do. And she was loving and patient and empathetic, but she didn't water down the program. She didn't change the instructions for me. And I know that sometimes as a sponsor, you hear someone that you think, oh, my gosh, they absolutely need this program. And you might want to change. I might want to change something, but that's not my job to do that. The instructions are the instructions. And then I just pray for them when they're ready, you know, when they are ready that it's God's job to do for them or higher power to do for them, not for me. But my job is to be available and be on the firing line. And I like what other people have said about sponsoring being an evolution. I don't sponsor the same way from day one that I do today. But thank God I can evolve. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Amy G. Manju O, now you get two minutes also. Sorry about timing. Thank you. I'm Manju O, grateful, um, recovered compulsive overeater and undereater in Georgia, and so grateful for this meeting and for all the shares. And it's it was really cool reading this paragraph with everyone and at first thinking like, oh, this doesn't really apply to me. And I, and I should know by now that whenever I think, oh, this doesn't apply to me, it really, really does. Because then like halfway through the meeting, I had tears in my eyes thinking about how much this paragraph applies to me in so many ways. And when I first came back into the rooms in uh, January of 2020, after having been away for eight years, I had lost everything. I'd left a, a, a very abusive relationship with someone who was also my boss. And so I lost my job, my home, and 90% of my friends. And it's true what it says here. Like, I didn't need or want any charity in the ordinary sense, you know, but I did savor and really grow and recover from how consistent and reliable my sponsor was with showing up to our calls to take me through the steps, through the big book, and through people I've never seen or met calling and reaching out. And, you know, it just, it blows me away, really, like how much a life can change in a short period of time with a higher power and loving, supportive guidance, and and that I could recover again. I started OA in 
my OA journey in uh, 1994 and had a few periods of very solid abstinence and then I'd go out and in reading this paragraph I was reminded that a lot of my relapses occurred because I stopped doing step 12. I did step 11, I did step 10 as best I could, but I didn't carry the message to other compulsive overeaters. I um, thank you. And so I'm glad to be back and to have the opportunity to share. Thank you. Thank you, Manju O. Oh. Thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, November 9th, 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 18,052. That's 18052. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Sandy C. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Thank you, Rebecca. May I be heard? Yes. Good morning, Sandy C. Good morning. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.